This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to Up the Cherries in all departments, all Bournemouth fans. Thank you for joining us. Firstly, please hit that like, that subscribe and that bell button below to be alerted to any new videos we do here at Up the Cherries in all departments. Now, of course, on Monday morning, Bill Foley spoke to Jim White in a bit more detail about his future plans. Of course, it was a show that I was involved in as well. Um, so I actually spoke to the guys, um, spoke to Jim and also Stuart. Um, Simon didn't ask any questions during my conversation, um, but we discussed as well what Bill Foley's comments meant. And I think it's very, very exciting times. I'll give a little bit more um, of my views to what Simon and the team also said during the interview. Firstly, we are the TalkSport Fan Network channel for AFC Bournemouth, so please do check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everything else as well. We've also got our website as well, so do check that out. Um, And, of course, you can see us on YouTube. So if you want to see our lovely faces, you can see us here. We've got loads of content that is coming up. So, firstly, TalkSport have allowed us to actually use some of this footage as well for you. So, do enjoy what Bill Foley said when he spoke to Jim White. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday morning. Sure, Pierce is in alongside Simon and myself here in the studio on the 17th floor of the News Building. As always, we're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. You want to watch the show, you can head over to the official TalkSport channel on those platforms. Let's get to this. Last week, eyebrows everywhere were raised when the hierarchy at Bournemouth decided to call time on Gary O'Neill as head coach. This was the same Gary O'Neill who guided Bournemouth to Premier League safety. So why on earth would they want to sack him? So with that in mind, I get in touch with uh, the US owner of Bournemouth, Bill Foley, whose ice hockey team, the Nuggets, recently won the Stanley Cup. So this is a man who's used uh, recently to success 
And on Gary O'Neill, Bill Foley, who was over in California, was quite open and candid. Although it was a tough decision to part company with O'Neill, but this is why they did it. I'm a big fan of Gary O'Neill. We put him in the position uh, last, really last, uh, I guess November or December, to give him the opportunity to be the uh, to be the head coach, and he did. And he did deliver after kind of starts and stops in, in the month of January, and and then the team began building momentum, uh, and. So it really wasn't so much about Gary not doing what he was asked to do. It was more about a particular opportunity to give our football club a different identity. And uh, it came through the, the coach that we made contact with some time ago and then kind of reinitiated some discussions very recently. And he was enthusiastic about coaching in the Premier League. And, and we felt it was an opportunity that we had to that we had to veil ourselves of. So it was not really so much about Gary not delivering because I, I like Gary. I think he's a good man. He's uh, he's going to land on his feet. He's coming out now with a CV that shows he kept a team from being relegated and kept him in the in the Premier League. So I believe he's going to be in coaching for a long time, and I believe he I believe he's going to do a good job. It's just that we had to make a difficult decision, and we weren't happy to do it. We just felt like it was it was something we had to do for the benefit of the team, and the team comes first. So that's really the long and short of it. It's not it wasn't about Gary; it was about a different opportunity. You know, Bill, that some would argue that Gary deserved more loyalty from you as the owner. What would you say to them? Well, again, we have a philosophy: team is first, people are a close second, and management third, way down the list. The management being ownership and management. We respect Gary. We respect his feelings. It was it was not an easy decision. We just felt that if we were going to be as successful as we believe we can be in this transfer market and we're going to change the style of football we played, we needed to go a different direction. So I'm not happy about it. I don't feel good about having someone move on from a, from a position within the club. But it was team first. And um, it wasn't just my decision. It was a it was a decision made by the analytical staff and by football management in, in terms of the football club. And we all separately, after thinking about it, we all came to the same conclusion. So it was, it was really a unanimous, unanimous decision amongst us all. So I think that's the best, best way I can explain it. And um, again, I don't, I don't want to be viewed as a, one of these owners that comes in and fires people and goes on and, uh, and and then fires them again. That's not the, that's not the plan. Our plan is to go with a to go with this coach, and to give him uh, every opportunity to be successful. And if it means at the end of the year next year we're relegated because we made a mistake, then I'll live with it. That's reality. But I believe we're going to be successful with this with uh, with Andoni. I, I really do. And Bill, in comes Andoni Iraola, as you say. <laughs> you, you've been aware of him for some time. Uh, the football staff has, you know, I didn't know, I didn't, I don't know La Liga and I don't know that I don't know the coaches in La Liga, uh, but uh, our football staff had been aware of him uh, because, you know, we were, we were looking for a coach last fall. Uh, and we, we went, went with Gary. We felt that, that that stability was the best thing for us to do at that, at that point in time. He was one of the coaches that rose to the top in terms of people that we were thinking about. Uh, we didn't make formal contact with him last fall, but 
the football side has, has kept in touch with him just over the over the last six months or so and you know his contract ran out and he was available and he was he, he was really he was receiving multiple offers from very significant clubs and we felt like you know if we're going to do something uh, this is the time to do it do it before the preseason have a new coach come in with his new system new systems work with our players give us a chance to, under his system to add players that we need in certain positions based upon his coaching style and his his tactics so that was the that was really the thought process and it was a three or four day five day process that we went through to just really make sure we were we were all on the same page and all thinking the same way that was the first part of bill foley speaking to me um part two coming up in the next five or so minutes uh, Bill Foley, owner of uh, AFC Bournemouth, speaking over in California on, on Saturday night. So, Simon, if we were somewhat baffled before regards the reasoning for the parting of the ways between Bournemouth and O'Neill, are you less baffled now when you hear Foley? Well, it's an interesting dynamic that he's advancing, is that the team becomes before everyone else, but team reflects leadership. And so if the leadership propensity is to make decisions very quickly um, and to not steep them in the substance of uh, a relationship that's been built over a period of time, then maybe you'll have a team that operates in that particular fashion. I do think it's appropriate for people that own football clubs to to avail themselves of the industry that they're in, embrace the knowledge that it brings as quickly as they possibly can. It'll be very interesting to hear or find out who's in his ear and who's leading him to these decisions because everybody that goes into football clubs will have people that are light upon them very quickly and gain influence with them, whether it's Mendes getting influence with the Chinese guys in Wolves or whether it's XYZ person that may be guiding some of the football thinking that Todd Bowley has and and so on and so forth. Right? No one, None of us are immune to it because everyone will accept, and he accepts it, that he's not going to sit there and play possum and hide and seek with himself saying, I've been studying the La Liga. Yeah. I've been told by the football people. And it's yeah. interesting. His football team of people. Yeah, it's interesting. it's interesting to see, you know, that sort of thinking. The guy comes with a decent reputation. You know, he's managed a football club that has similarity attached to it in terms of its of its outlook to Bournemouth. I.e. is a club that has, has a, is a club of have-nots rather than haves, with all due respect, because it's a smaller club that's been ultimately propelled by good management and good disciplines and a small club mentality which has now got itself into La Liga for the first time and has stabilised itself there and got 11th in the league. Look, he's nailed his colours to the mast in terms of the way he wants to manage his football club. He's told you he wants a style of football. I kind of feel that that's a dangerous territory for owners to get into because I think winning football is the most important brand of football yeah, yeah. and then you can expand upon that. So I never really like to hear owners talking about a style of football that's playing to a particular gallery and I understand in this day and age, maybe that's now prevalent. But on um, O'Neill, you get more. You get more of an idea of where he's going well, with it. Well, I always got the idea in the first place. Of right. course, when no one saw it coming, the, the thing that we were surprised about is we didn't see it coming. Right. Right. So now that we've seen it coming, logic then goes, okay, well, why is that? And um, I don't know how much of a decision-making process Bill was involved in with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, the 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 appointment of Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill stepped in to fill a gap because Scott Parker opened his trap, got himself in a situation, and they needed they needed a vacuum to be filled. Gary came in, and the team bounced immediately, bounced and got some results, and came back from you know precarious situations. I think in games against Nottingham Forest mm. and teams of that nature. And so, with that in mind, he gave them a, a, a an out game 
They didn't have to go and find a manager. They could have just, okay, this looks like it's going to get us past it. And then they gave him a reward by saying, okay, we're going to give you an 18-month contract, which means ultimately you're going to get paid. Now, the guy's a 78-year-old billionaire that's got experience in sports franchises. The American mentality is very different. He tells people he's going to win the Stanley Cup in six years and does it. And does it. Now, right. that means he's put some, some the, either the structure into that particular sporting franchise to achieve it. And it'll be fascinating to see how he gets on with the Premier League, because this is like no other sporting environment. Yeah. Forget what you think you know. Yeah. Forget how much success you've had somewhere else. You've got a group of other people that are equally as well-heeled as you. Sure. They've got established football clubs that, that you can't just break the orthodoxy. Well, But it'll be fascinating to see him have a go. You're going to hear more from him in a second. Stuart, on O'Neill, do you get it a bit more now? Um, <clears throat> when I... When I listened to the interview, I, I, I thought it was quite an honest interview. Yep. Uh, I, I was quite refreshed by a, 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 an owner turning around and saying, I've no idea who we've bought through the door in the main, but the footballing people around me that are guiding me are suggesting he's very good at his job. There's an honesty there, I think. And if he's had the same conversation with Gary O'Neill, I think all you can ask if the football club decided to go in a different direction... All you can ask is a level of honesty. Sure. I think we got then to explain why they've done what they've done. Okay. Um, we're going to hear more from Bill Foley, the other side of uh, this upcoming uh, news bulletin. Foley goes into more detail about what he hopes from his football club uh, in the upcoming season. His hopes for European football eventually and what may or may not happen to the Vitality Stadium. Stay with us. Good morning, everybody. Just gone 10.30 this Monday morning. This is Monday, June the 26th. It's Jim White and it's Simon Jordan and Stuart Pearce and we're live in Talk Sport. For the first time, we're hearing from the billionaire owner of AFC Bournemouth, Bill Foley. He was over in California over the weekend and that's where uh, I tracked him down and we had this exclusive chat for Talk Sport. He elaborated on his reasons uh, for the parting of the ways between the football club and Gary O'Neill and in comes the new man, Andoni in Iraola. And of course... Uh, Foley is used to success uh, his uh, hockey team the Golden Knights uh, they won the Stanley Cup in recent days and now he's hoping for success in some shape or form at Bournemouth but they know they've got a lot of work to do so we get into other areas of conversation Mr Bill Foley and myself as regards the ongoing transfer market and business being done within it I asked Bill Foley what kind of business Bournemouth may or may not do under this new man in charge, Andoni Raiola. We're going to be very busy. We've uh, obviously, like all the teams, you know, we, you know, we, we do our, um, we set up our targets. We have our team. We have our, the holes on our team that we need to fill. Unfortunately, with AFC Bournemouth, um, when I got there, the cupboard was a little bare. We really didn't have the depth on the team that we needed. And we, we did some good things in the January transfer window. Unfortunately, a lot of those players came on board and they were they got hurt right away so we have a lot of really good players footballers that we brought in in the january window but the opportunities are greater obviously in the summer you've got more time you've got more opportunity people are coming to you know the last year of their contract and the other teams realize that they need to do something that the player's not going to stay i believe you're going to be very very interested in some of the some of the players we bring in they're Probably not what you'd expect from little AFC Bournemouth by the time we're done with our, our plan this summer. What are your aspirations for this football club, Bill? 
considering the size of it, can it be more than just survival in the Premier League? Well, I'm absolutely convinced of that. Compl- I mean, we have to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. We finished 15th. I thought we could have perhaps done a little bit better had we not lost the last four games and maybe finished 14th or 13th because we're right there in terms of points. So we're starting out from a good from a good spot. We have a terrible schedule to start with, so it's going to be people got to be a little bit patient because we're playing some very very tough teams in the first six games or so. But no, my aspirations are to move up in the table every year, but not expect too much. If we can move up a few spots this year and a few spots next year, and then suddenly in three years we're eighth or seventh and maybe playing for Europe, that, that's, those are really my aspirations. So a little, a little more patience this time, not, not Stanley Cup and six like the, <laughs> like the hockey club. That, that's, that's interesting. You, you, you want to try and do what Brighton have done. You want to try and do what Aston Villa have managed to do, get yourselves into Europe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can do it. And it's, now it's going to take more infrastructure. You know, we've got to do something with our stadium. That's very important, whether it's a rehabilitation of the existing stadium or building a new stadium. But a, a modest build is 20,000 seats, not 30 or 40,000 seats. Bournemouth doesn't need that. We already are, we're underway in our training facility. So that's been full construction, full speed ahead now since uh, we I think we've got our final permits a few months ago. So our, our indoor pitch is well underway. And then, then we start our, the, the first team's training facility. It's also going to be our academy. We're going to move our, the women's team in there. Uh, we have 57 acres that we, that we can deal with in terms of pitches and facilities. That's financed and funded. And so we're looking forward to moving into that facility in the fall of 2024. Then that opens up a lot for us because the current training facility uh, is really where the new stadium would probably be situated, more or less. So we've got to get our team out of its current facility into its new facility, and then everything else can start falling in place. But you know, we we're well financed, and we have uh, I have a lot of very loyal partners that have been with me in other endeavors for many years, and we're prepared to. Uh, we're prepared to go forward and, and to do what's right with, for this team in terms of personnel, but also in terms of infrastructure. Uh, and I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm a builder. I love helping to create things. So that's, so I'm right in the right spot. Bill, I mean, everywhere you look in the Premier League, we see American ownership. John W. Henry at Liverpool. Wes Edens is in at Villa. The Glazers at United. Cronky in at Arsenal. Even Todd Bowley at Chelsea. What do you make of the characterization, Bill, of American owners? I mean, Bowley, for one, has been lambasted for suggestions like all-star games. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I try and fit in maybe a little more than some of the other owners, uh, some of the American owners, although we have some great ones. I mean, John Henry is an unbelievable owner and so, and so successful. And, uh, and Wes Eden is a, is, a, is a good friend of mine. You know, we just spent time together uh, two days. Yeah, two days ago, uh, and talked about some of the things he's involved in. I mean, we spent a lot of time on the Premier League, and he's a very common, down-to-earth guy. Grew up in Montana, kind of like me. I grew up in, in primarily in West Texas, so you know, we're pretty common people. So there are a lot of really good American owners, and uh, and I know how to I know how to be respectful, and I know how to to listen and to make our team make sure we're part of the community. We're not an American club. We're an English Premier League club. And I'm going to keep it that way. We're not changing.
you've been labelled a threat to the English pyramid. You would say, no way are we that. You, you for one, are in no way that. No way. No, no way. Bill, just finally, you know, with the rise of, of states and, and huge money pouring into the Premier League, you look at what's going on at Manchester City, you look at what's going on at Newcastle. Is it a good or a bad time to be an investor in English football, do you think? Well, I think it's a good I think it's always a good time because in my view the lower table teams are really undervalued and they there's a there's a lot of value that can be created. You know, in the in the NHL, not saying this is what the Premier League should do or not do, we have what's what's called a hard salary cap and everyone has to operate within that cap. Uh and if you go over the cap, you can't play players. They they sit. And and so that has brought a lot of Equality, you know, um, to the to our league, to our NHL league, uh, and that's why a team like ours in Las Vegas was able to win the Stanley Cup and uh, and and perform because we're all operating under the same rules. I would like to see if it's if it would be possible at some point that we have a little more control over the spending, because obviously we can't spend with a with a with a sovereign with a with the sovereigns. I mean, that's just out of a that's just not, we're not competitive. But in the meantime, I believe we can do very well within within our own means and we can improve our club and get uh, and get better and satisfy our fans and play exciting football. That's the goal, exciting. But a salary cap bill seems to make sense. And certainly my colleague here, Simon Jordan, is something he talks about a lot, that financial sense, yeah, a salary cap should be introduced. Well, I mean, I'm a one guy and one team, one guy, and I'm gonna, I'm, re, I'm being respectful for the, for the Premier League and, and their process and and how they how they run their run their league. So, I'm not the guy to, to create change. It's, I'm 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 part of the, uh, I want to be part of the club, not the outlier. <laughs> I was Bill Foley, uh, the uh, US owner of AFC Bournemouth. He also, of course, uh, owns the Knights, the Golden Knights, who um, the Black Knights, who won the uh, Stanley Cup recently. So he's a man who knows what it's like to taste success. And he's speaking exclusively to Talksport over the weekend. Simon, a whole bunch of things to to uh, look at there. Um, should Bournemouth fans be optimistic? Do you think after hearing the kind of tone, the measured tone of this man? Yeah, I mean, I think with, with every football club, you'll always have a de- degree of naysayers and reticence because they'll have a different view on what should have happened to Gary O'Neill or whether it's an American owning their football club. I would think that listening to someone that is telling you that he believes that this club is capable of playing in Europe and that he wants to increase the opportunity to do so, he wants to build a new stadium, I would have thought that would have been manna from heaven for most Bournemouth fans. I mean, there'll always be some that will turn around and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guy that he's talking to you about having an active transfer window, interesting that uh, he thinks that the transfer window in the summer gives him more opportunities. Um, it's a more competitive transfer window. It's a bigger spending transfer window often. Um, and it's got more competition in it as a result of more clubs looking around. It's interesting about the idea that Brighton and clubs like Brighton are going to be used as potential look over there and, and evaluate because yeah. you can learn from everybody. I mean, look, good sporting directors. You can Data is only as good as the people that are looking at it. 
you know, garbage in, garbage out. If you if you if you evaluate data <laughs> and you want to look at it from a certain point of view, if your eyes aren't educated in the same way that we can have the observation about VAR, VAR is only as good as the evaluative perspective that the person that's looking at it. In this instance, if you've got very good people evaluating the data and the metrics, because data will get you so far. Thereafter, that it becomes about the personality of an individual. It becomes about a whole raft of different things. But this guy um, seems to have a common sense approach. Um, the Americans, most of the time, you don't hear too often from the Americans. So I'm not entirely sure this will be a consistent theme from him right, um, right. of how he's engaging. But he is, and it's, it's no surprise to me, he's not going to sit here and suggest that he's going to talk about salary caps given the fact that they are Bournemouth, he's a new owner. It's a sound bite that perhaps Todd Bowley could have listened sure, to a little bit more sure. of when he started talking about All-Star games. Yeah, yeah. The Golden Knights, of course, uh, I'm being corrected there by uh, a couple of people. They, they won the Stanley Cup. Um, thank goodness I'm not working over in the US this morning, sure. He does seem a very pragmatic individual, Stuart. Um, transfer hopes, yeah. We're, go we're going to mm. do a lot of business that may raise your odd eyebrow. European success, well, why not? Why not? If I was a, a fan of Bournemouth, everything that he's suggested there would resonate with me. Sustain, sustainability for the football club, new training facility, potentially new stadium, and um, a balanced view on where he thinks he can take the club. Not boom or bust. I, I don't think he ever talked boom yeah. or bust. We can win the Premier League in however many years, it's whatever. It's can we work our way up the division? Can we bring people in? And also as well, investing in the playing staff as well. He's mentioned all those things. So I, I think it was a pretty good interview. Um, want to hear from Bournemouth fans this morning. Obviously, uh, we're impressed by Bill Foley. I certainly was uh, over the weekend when I spoke to him. What are your thoughts on it? Now that he's elaborated more on the situation on Gary O'Neill and why they decided to part company, as difficult a decision as that was, but still it's one they took, why they've gone for Andoni Iraiola and what they hope to do under Iraiola. Um, give us a call this morning because certainly he's a guy who impressed us and I'm pretty sure he's impressing you. 03717-223344-81089. For the first time we've heard at length from US owner of uh, Bournemouth, Bill Foley. Good morning, everybody. It's Jim White and it's Simon Jordan and Stuart Pierce. We're live on Talk Sport. We are reacting uh, to uh, the first ma major interview um, given by the American Bill Foley, the owner of AFC Bournemouth, primarily on why they chose to part company with Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill, of course, who'd done his job and more, some would argue, um, by ensuring that Bournemouth stayed in the Premier League and it's Premier League football for them next season. But uh, sad to say for Gary, that seemed wasn't enough and uh, Gary then parted company last week with the football club and in comes uh, Andoni Iraiola but what about Foley himself and the kind of noises that he is making regarding his uh, football club AFC Bournemouth Craig is a big Bournemouth fan and joins us live Craig good morning Simon and Stuart are with me what's your take on what you heard from Foley good morning guys uh, yeah great to be on the show um it's all very, very positive. It's really exciting times here at the football club. Um, Bill Foley has got a plan and in mind and where he wants to take this football club. Gary O'Neill, uh, to be fair, I was one of the Bournemouth fans who was right behind Gary. A lot of Bournemouth fans weren't because some of the football, especially against Leeds away from home, Spurs at home, was very, very defensive. 
and we we were three one up at Leeds, for example, lost four three. So I wasn't exactly surprised by the decision making, um, especially when we knew who was coming in. Um, if it was a Lampard or a Jesse Marsh, I would have been a little bit worried. But I think it's exciting times um, with the training ground. Um, I know that the stadium is going to be on the agenda. Um, I'd love to stay at Dean Court and redevelop that. But the problem is, is we haven't really got the space around the ground. But what he's got in mind um, is something that our fans could only dream of back in 2008 when we was on minus 17 points. Mm. How much investment do you think that the team itself is going to need for next year? It really depends what um, year one looks like for Iriola. Um, if we're looking around about ninth, tenth place, which I would say is probably what Foley has got in mind, I would say Europe probably in a couple of years' time would be realistic. Um, I think we're going to need a sizable amount of investment, more investment than we've ever done before. <sighs> Stuart, if you asked me to put a figure on it, I would say probably about 60, 70 million at this point in time. In in January, we spent 75 million. But the thing is, is we spent it very... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You work very well, very sensibly on players that fit the mould. And to be fair, when I look back at those signings that we made, they're not actually signings that I think that Gary O'Neill probably got the best out of. I think those were signings ready for Iriola, um, like Atara. You know, fantastic, pacey winger on the right-hand side. Of course, Clivert's come in now as well on the left. Yeah. So it makes sense. The signings that we made back in January make sense for Iriola's um, tenure at the football club rather than O'Neill's. OK, Craig, listen, thank you. Some many good points uh, from you. The reaction that Bill Foley is getting, Simon, maybe unsurprisingly, is extremely positive. That I think that's because of the measured way in which he delivered yeah. uh, the various points that he gave. Jordan down in Bournemouth have been very impressed. Ever since uh, he arrived, he's done everything he said he'd do. These are exciting times. Brave choices from the man uh, we, we love to see. Uh, we love to see what's happening at our club. Mike, Bournemouth fan. Bill is a breath of fresh air. Clearly knows what he wants and what he's doing. Uh, parting company with O'Neill was always expected. He achieved his brief and that was to keep us up 
But now we need someone to take us forward. Exciting times. I like the sounds of Bill Foley. A lot of people going with this man, Foley, Simon, and why not? He, he says, look, I don't want to be waiting uh, six years before we have something like a Stanley Cup win. Want, want to do something for the football club sooner than that. Is that realistic? Um, this is the Premier League. I'm sure that Crystal Palace fans had the same feeling yes. when um, Josh Harris and, um, and those guys came through the door. And the reality and John Texter and the reality of it is is that the the desire um, to achieve these things can be negated by the fact that you're in a brutally competitive league. Um, this is not American football where the the worst team gets the best draft. This is a free for all where it tends to be on the whole, with a few exceptions, the sides that have got the established legacy, the fan base and the revenue behind them, and even more so as you move towards the advocation for salary caps, which are coming in with the reduction of, um, or with the management of salary caps going to 90% of turnover, including player depreciation, then to land at 70% at some stage in the next couple of years. All of these are going to slightly hamper some of his plans. But if he is going to, if he is going to provide the same sort of structure that Brighton have done, which is the best in class, getting people in that are making decisions that are very good at what they do, and that's all that he will need to do. Get football people in that particular building that know what they're doing and why they're doing it and are accountable for their decisions. Yeah. From the manager through to the... Because the, it, Martin O'Neill spoke about it the other day. It is ultimately recruitment that's the key driver to a football club and how that recruitment is handled. Good recruitment coming into a good manager gives you a good football team. And that is about as scientific as it gets. Now, if, if any Bournemouth fans are managing to find anything negative in what he said, then they're a particularly gifted individual and they might want to look at themselves. But when we go forward, based upon what the check, the check that he's now written, he's laid down a marker. He hasn't come sneaking through the back door and suddenly, as I've arrived, he's taken out a manager that kept him in the Premier League against the premise of no one thinking that was going to be achieved and replaced him with a manager that people will see as a manager that looks like a progressive, young, ambitious manager, a style of play is coming to issue. He wants to build a new stadium. He wants to be in Europe. He's just told you now that I, I do think there's a, an ill-advisedness of writing checks metaphorically to people about European achievements. I would prefer to say this team is going to be bloody competitive. Mm. And by competitive, I mean it's going to have a go. You start putting benchmarks down. You start being. You start having people remind it, you it of them. It can get dangerous, to, mm. dangerous territory doing that, Stuart. He mentioned... Uh, in his chat there, that they've got a tough start to the season. I've looked at their first seven games. They've got four of the so-called top six teams in England. They've also got Brighton and Brentford, which are great yardsticks probably yes. for them if they want to go and achieve that. So they've got a pretty tough seven-game seven start to the season. And you know and I know the start to any campaign is so vital. Yeah, so many Bournemouth fans getting in touch and thank you for this. Dave's a, a big Bournemouth fan. Glad that Bill is here. And getting the training ground and sorting the stadium is huge for us. The infrastructure of the club seems to have been ignored for years and a generation of new fans have been unable to go. We need to make the most of our Premier League era. There, he's right, Simon. Maybe there's more Bournemouth fans down there or in that part of England that want to go to games, but of course the fatality yeah, is too course. small for them. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, let's, be, let's, be, let's also be clear when we're talking about putting. Let's say another ten thousand fans is available to them. Right, that's going to be ten thousand fans times four or five hundred quid. So that's about four or five, six or seven million quid a year within in Premier League terms isn't going to get you where you need to go. 
That's part and parcel of making a more effective football club. You're going to get more commercial opportunities as a result in a bigger stadium. It's befitting of, a, of the embracing of the audience. Bournemouth is a very nice part of the world. Yeah. It's a very parochial part of the world. When I went down there to watch the boxing recently, one of my friends said, oh, the Bournemouth fans have gone mild. Uh, in terms of uh, paying, you know, the fact that they were not going wild, they were going mild. That, that, that doesn't mean that they haven't got a, the, the right to have a good football club that's currently doing well with a good stadium that can embrace a twenty thousand capacity. Yeah, I think you start getting into thirty, forty thousand fans at Bournemouth. I think you're. I, I don't see that being the opportunity. But the guy, the guy's here and he's backing a Premier League football club. Be interesting to see why he bought Bournemouth because we don't know precisely. Why you bought Bournemouth? What was the reasons for you alighting upon Bournemouth? I suppose he would say around and say, and I suppose he answered the question, because there's a lot of economic value in some of the lesser perceived Premier League football clubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think in times gone by, he was having a look at Fulham, but Shad can beat him to that. Mm. Uh, but he's alighted upon uh, Bournemouth, and certainly he is determined to make a success of that. Um, and build it, and they will come. Well, maybe they will. Um, we shall see what happens with Bournemouth. As Stuart says, some big games for them. And as Bill Foley said, big test in the early part of the upcoming Premier League season. And we'll see how Bournemouth respond. Thanks to all the Bournemouth fans for getting in touch this morning terrific stuff for the first time we're hearing at length from Bill Foley the man in charge of AFC Bournemouth and there we go and there is also my call in there to talk sport and hopefully you do agree with some of my points as well so there's a lot of things that were brought up during that whole interview and things that are quite exciting so firstly um, with regards to the team, you know, the cupboard being very bare, um, I think, you know, that's spot on. I think what we did in the January window really did help push the side over the line. I don't think it was as tr- terrible as what Scott Parker made it at the start of the season. I think he really criticised the players when they were good enough to get us out of the championship, maybe under somebody who was a little bit misguided at the time as well. Of course, by misguided, I mean that we went too defensive. With regards to Gary O'Neill, and there was a, it was a shock for me. Um, personally, I and every Bournemouth fan who knows me will know I am a Gary fan. You know, I did back Gary O'Neill throughout. Now, if we had pointed Jesse Marsh or Stephen Gerrard or Frank Lampard or somebody of that sort of thinking or that mindset, I would have been dead against Gary O'Neill being removed from the club. Um, I think Gary did a fantastic job. He ticked all the right boxes. He managed to achieve his aim, which was to keep the club in the Premier League. The thing is, is when you do have, and it was mentioned there, when you do have um, a manager that you're sat across the table from, you know, is your aspiration to finish 15th in the league every single season? No, most definitely not. I think your aspiration has to be to improve year on year on year on year. Now, Bill Foley... Um, of course, being advised as well by Neil Blake and Richard Hughes, who I've got to say, come in for a lot of flack, but a fantastic stalwarts of this football club. Um, look at what Richard Hughes is, has done business-wise in the past and what he's bought in. A lot of his transfers and the players that are picked out are actually part of the scouting team and Richard Hughes himself. So you've got to give 
Richard a lot of credit based on what he saw. And, you know, he didn't see that Gary O'Neill was going to take us to that next stage. When he would be sat across the table from Gary O'Neill, he didn't feel that he could bring us on. And that is fair enough. He is the man with the money. He is the man that has to make the decisions and has to fall on those decisions as well if they're wrong, like Bill Foley did say. I think the decision he has made to bring in Iriola is a very, very good one. Iriola is one of the hottest properties in world football management at the moment. What he's done with Rayo Vallecano, as you've seen in my previous conversations with Rayo Vallecano fans, and it's also um, on the website when I did speak to Jesus as well, somebody who went into quite a bit of detail about his style as well. And of course, we had Mario on the channel as well. You can see why he is so highly rated. So what he's done and he even mentioned it, he saw an opportunity to bring in somebody who he thought was going to improve the club. He brought that man in and therefore has helped the club progress in that sense. Now, it might not work. There is always that risk. When you change a manager, it might not work. However, one thing that Bill Foley has said as well in that interview, and it was the second part, is that the players that we are going to be connected with are players that you don't expect Little or Bournemouth to be connected with. And that, for me, is exciting. We've already seen Justin Cliver through the door. Like I said in my video, you know, a Cliver, you, you don't expect a Cliver to be at AFC Bournemouth. AC Milan, yes, fair enough. Of course, somebody did correct me and said that um, he played in red and black at Nice, and that is very, very true. But um, let's be honest, Patrick, you know, his father had a glittering career and you wouldn't expect a Clivert to be at AFC Bournemouth. So it shows how far we've come without Bill Foley, but Bill Foley is going to take us to the next level. And that is part of the aim. The stadium is also very exciting um, and also the work at Camford Magna. Now, of course, I did make a video and I was criticised for it and that is fair enough. And the club did uh, do a bit of a U-turn on that decision. But of course, the club did include two feet women's games in that price for the season tickets. Now, I thought that was a really, really good move. And why I thought that was a really good move is as we do progress as a football club, the women's game is so important. It is like an ecosystem. You know, the women's game will feed into the men's game. The community trust will feed into everything and we will expand our, our, our geography, really. Um, and that is something else I want to come on to. But of course, the training ground sounds great at Camford Magna, and that is really exciting. I went over there in its very, very early days. Um, there was not a lot happening, but now we've seen things have been moving on quite considerably. Um, and it'll be great to get the team into that because that complex will attract better players. So say, for example, you've got a hot young star who, you know, is 
wanting to make a move which is going to progress him in football. Now, Academy One uh, criteria, as it stands, is the highest. And what you need to do to get there, I can't tell you. However, what I can tell you is that is where players will look to play if they're lucky enough. So what they will do is they will be able to attract those players that maybe we couldn't do beforehand. And that in itself is really, really, really exciting. So this young star, you know, a player that is hot off the press, what he would do is he would look at, say, for example, ourselves and say, for example, another team in the local area, Bristol City, for example. Now, he'll look at the two sides. And if our training facilities are better than Bristol City's, where's he going to go? If he feels that he's going to progress quicker up the ladder at AFC Bournemouth, he'll come here. If not, he won't. And that has always been a little bit of our issue because we've had players who, you know, have come through the ranks, um, like the likes of Danny Ings, Wade Elliott, players like that who, you know, we bought on throughout the years. And unfortunately, you know, we might not have had as many as if, say, for example, we had this academy. So that is what is really, really, really exciting about this next step. Also, and you heard it there as well, Bill was talking about the stadium. Now, the stadium, um, I did mention during my call that I would rather stay at Dean Court. However, I know that that's not going to be possible. You know, Dean Court is a hostile place to come to. It's small. It's not necessarily a sort of ground that you would expect a football team in the Premier League to play at. Um, Luton also will have that favor, uh, you know, that advantage. Um, as will, um, to be honest, Fulham. You know, Craven Cottage. You've still got a cross over in. To from the changing room into the stadium, so there's these sort of grounds which you know are the pinnacles of football, and you know they're traditional old grounds. They're nice to play at, um, and in fact, sometimes I do prefer them than the shiny things. However, as a football club, we need to progress. We can't get enough fans into our stadium as it is. We can't actually issue new season tickets, which is a bit of a uh, pain in the backside. Um, we haven't issued a new season ticket for somebody who um, didn't purchase one in 2015 since then. So um, there's all this. If we went to a 20 or a 25,000 seater stadium, then we will be able to accommodate those fans. The one thing I would say is that our stadium, um, you know, I think needs to be expandable i think and bill foley i don't need to tell bill foley this because he'll know that but we have got such a good catchment area and this is something that simon did mention at the end as well um there is you know a lot of fans in this area who can't get tickets and what we would we've got such a good catchment area let's be fair 
you know, you look across the whole of, you know, Dorset and Somerset. There's no other professional football teams. Now, if somebody from Somerset, say, for example, Shepton Mallet Froome or somewhere like that, want to go and watch a Premier League football side, yeah, they could go to Bristol City and maybe wait for Bristol City to be promoted. However, what they could do is they could come to AFC Bournemouth. You've got Wiltshire as well. You've got the whole of Wiltshire. Swindon Town aren't anywhere to be seen. Um, so if anybody wants to watch Premier League football, yeah, great. Get people involved in AFC Bournemouth. Let's be fair, Southampton for years used to put in the Bournemouth Daily Echo, they used to put an advert trying to get people to actually go to Southampton games from the Bournemouth area. Crazy, hey? But they did. Um, and maybe that is what harmed our attendances. You know, when I very first started going, back in 2008, when I first moved down, um, to be honest, that's probably what really, really harmed our attendances because fans would go to Southampton or people wouldn't really go or they watch, you know, or listen to things on TV. Um, as we've gradually progressed up the leagues, of course, you are going to attract the more fans. Um, and, you know, that is great. I know that there's a feeling at this football club that, you know, fans got to be there from the very, very beginning. Now, do define the beginning for me. Um, but it's great to see in this day and age, kids running around in Bournemouth shirts rather than Manchester United or Liverpool or Arsenal or Chelsea or Newcastle as it was, or, you know, going back even further, Leeds. Um, that That is what is good, is that these fans are coming to watch Bournemouth games and we need to be able to accommodate those fans now. And that is something that is going to be so good with Bill Foley's um, ownership is getting people involved. Um, with regards to the plans, Europe exciting, the Brighton model, you know, fantastic. Where could we finish? I stand by what I said to Stuart Pearce, which is, you know, with 60, 70 million pounds, we could probably finish 9th, 10th, 11th, that sort of region. Um, can we get into Europe next season? Uh, no. And I think Bill Foley knows that. It's not like Simon Jordan said, it's not like the NHL where the poorest team gets. So say, for example, last season, you know, there's no relegations, of course, in the NHL as well. The poorest team, which would have been Southampton, would have got the pick of the players. So, hey, if they decided to sign Kevin De Bruyne um, and Erling Haaland from Manchester City, um, you would probably bet against them not finishing bottom the following season. So it is a different style of football. It's a different, well, it's a different style of sport, really. Um, so what I think we need to do is like Bill Foley said, he's not making any drastic promises is gradually build slowly move our way up the league. I think we've got, and I agree with Bill Foley that we should have finished the season better. Um, to be honest, our last four games, Crystal Palace was dire. Um, Everton was dire. Um, the other two games, for example, you could say, okay, couldn't really do too much about those. But 
you know, to be fair, Everton were fighting for their lives. Um, I said it all along. I said that Everton would beat us, and so they did. We should have finished higher, though, than we did. And for every place, that is a couple of million. So if you think that if we had beaten Everton, we could have got up two places, then therefore, you know, we've lost out on about five million by losing that game. You know, OK, Everton have survived, but when we're not we're not in there for Everton. What we are in there for is to make as much money as possible to actually be successful and push this football club on. Next season, I think, is a season where we just got to um, start progressing. I think Iriola will be successful. I think the players that you know we are being linked to under Iriola are exciting. Cliver, of course, has come through the door. Um, there is one other, which I will probably cover on another video, um, that is highly rated and has been mentioned in the media as well. So that will be exciting if that happens. Um, but I think we've got to, like Ev Bill Foley says, be patient um, and be part of this plan. You know, if we can do it in two years, great. You know, I think three is reasonable. But to see AFC Bournemouth in the Europa Conference League um, will be an achievement in itself. You know, can you imagine getting to the Europa League and then, you know, drawing a team like Barcelona? Because let's be honest, they're not they're not going to find it easy. Um, that would be, you know, for me. Going to the new camp, I've always wanted to go to the new camp, but going to the new camp and then watching Bournemouth play would be, I, I'd have to blink to make sure that I, it wasn't something that I was dreaming up. So it's exciting times. Um, I think you can we can take loads out of this interview. It was incredibly honest. Um, Bill Foley isn't somebody who is going to turn around and say I know everything about Iriola uh, Richard Hughes and the rest of the team are advising him and let's be honest they're advising him well um, they have helped make this decision and at the time I think you know to put Gary O'Neill in that position was the right decision I think it was the right decision now how many of our fans are turning around and saying it was the wrong decision considering who we've got in place now? Gary O'Neill will go on to have a fantastic career um, without a shadow of a doubt. We've got nothing to worry about on that front. And like Bill Foley says, you know, it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. And that's what I quite like as well. You know, chairmen that aren't too fixated on the manager because they get on well with them or will ax them quite quickly because they don't. Um, Bill seems to have a structure. He seems to have the respect of not just the manager, but everybody around him as well. Um, he seems to have the respect of the team and that goes a long, long way at a football club. The only thing I would say and, you know, is I hope that we don't lose our identity completely. And what I mean by that is 
the likes of Fletch, the likes of Tommy Elphick. I want those people to be part of this football club. I don't want... It's shown throughout history, there has been football clubs that, you know, a new manager has gone into and cleared out everybody. That manager then doesn't succeed. And those people that succeeded so well at that football club and was continuity have now gone. And that can be a slippery slope. So keeping that core at the back, so the likes of Fletch, the likes of Tommy Elphick, the likes of Sean Cooper, I think is crucial for this football club. Not just now, but in the future as well. Please do let us know your thoughts and thank you again to TalkSport, um, firstly for allowing us to use the footage, but also for being the fan network uh, for AFC Bournemouth as well. We really do appreciate everything that you do for us as well, guys. So, yes, big, big thank yous. Um, Let us know what you think um, on the YouTube video if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple or Google, um, and we can go through some of your comments as well. We've got loads of stuff coming up. I've got to do the chili challenge at some point. That is coming up very, very soon. I'm not looking forward to it one bit, but um, hey, I've promised to do it. Um, so it is something that I have to do. It's it's a thing that we've all agreed a number of football channels that when you get to a thousand, you have to do. Um, what happens when we get to two thousand? Well, we will have to find out at that point. Um, we do have some things in mind. I'm not going to be doing it. Um, I think Matt is going to do something for the two thousand mark. So subscribe. And we can get there sooner and we can surprise Matt with it. So <laughs> it'll be great fun. It'll be great fun. And to be honest, it, his mouth's not going to be on fire like mine is. Um, once I do this chili challenge, I'm really not looking forward to it. But until the next video, up the cherries and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.